0: Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to our 8.30 service on this. This is the last Sunday of the Christian year, Christ the King. Uh, Hard to believe we come to the climax of the year, Advent begins next week, wonderful thing. Uh, Thank you for coming. Uh, Welcome to those of you in the room. We know, as always, many more who are joining us online in many places. It's good to worship God together in this way. Uh, Some of you are visiting with us. Goodness, we're honored that you've come. We hope that you'll come back and leave us some contact information. We'd love to reach out and befriend you. My name is James Howell, and I'm up front this morning with my friend and colleague, Reverend Jessica Dayson.
1: Good morning. It is good to be together. I want to make sure you pay attention to this insert in your bulletin. It has everything you need to know about Advent. There's lots of ways to connect and serve from our Advent small groups, to shopping Merry Market, to buying Christmas trees from our youth group. There are plenty of ways to serve and get involved. So we hope you will take advantage of those opportunities. Now let us prepare our hearts for worship. Family of God, now let us join our voices together as we profess our faith through the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day, he rose from the dead. Now, won't you join me as we confess before God and one another our sins. Join me in the prayer found in your bulletin. Gracious God, we carry anger in our hearts we cannot release. Our past regrets continue to shame us with pain. Scarcity binds our hearts from generosity and growth. Give us courage to choose you in the face of temptations. Set us free for joyful obedience and faithful witness. Open us to a future of peace, hope, and love with you. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God.
2: Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Gospel reading is Matthew, chapter 25, beginning with the 31st verse. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep at his right hand, but the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, O blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me, I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see thee hungry and feed thee? Or thirsty and give thee drink? And when did we see thee a stranger, and welcome thee, or naked, and clothe thee? And when did we see thee sick, or in prison, and visit thee? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, You did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me No drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when did we see thee hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to thee? THEN HE WILL ANSWER THEM. TRULY, I SAY TO YOU, AS YOU DID NOT TO ONE OF THE LEAST OF THESE, YOU DID IT NOT TO ME. AND THEY WILL GO AWAY INTO ETERNAL PUNISHMENT, BUT THE RIGHTEOUS INTO ETERNAL life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Thanks be to God.
0: I love the weeks that uh, Mary Catherine reads scripture. You feel like you've uh, heard the very voice of God So I just hand her my sermon. Would you read this to the people? go in better. Uh, Christ the King, cynics would say he's not ruling very well. The world is a mess. Mm -hmm. What's the shape of Christ's kingship? He's not issuing orders that must be followed. He's not managing everything. The world's broken, we're broken. There's a gap between the world and God's will. There's a gap in each one of us. What does that mean? During Holy Week, uh, Jesus' kingship takes shape, right? And on Tuesday of Holy Week, Jesus uh, comes to the temple uh, And the way Matthew tells it, Jesus comes and he teaches. It's like it's his last teaching day. It's like he's almost done, but he has a few things to say. He has a lot of things to say. It's 212 verses uh, long. And those 212 verses, <clears throat> like, what would Jesus say is his parting words? Well, we might wish he would say, yeah, you got it, you're good, all's well, don't worry about anything, don't worry, be happy. But instead, Jesus has uh, some challenging words, some hard words, and in this passage, his very last, he speaks of judgment, he speaks of judgment. Jesus says that the Son of Man will separate the sheep from the goats. The the key word there is who does the separating? We don't. It's not ours to distinguish the sheep from the goats, the good from the bad, the saved from the lost. He will separate them. It's his call, not ours. There's no flattery in being either one. Do you want to be a sheep or do you want to be a goat? They're both kind of, you know, dumb animals. They're not pretty. They can be smelly. What do we do we're sheep goats who separates them we're together How, what do we do while we're together we remember <clears throat> i told some of you this before when i was on sabbatical about 10 years ago i was uh, traveling with a buddy in northern scotland and we stopped in a pub for dinner and the guy next to me is chatting me up and said hi i said what do you do he said i'm a shepherd he just told a preacher he's a shepherd i said tell me about shepherding and we talked for a while I asked him, I said, why is it always sheep and goats together? You think it'd just be a flock of sheep or just a flock of goats. Why is it always sheep and goats? He paused. He said, they just do better together. They just do better together. I think it's a word for the church, things we might disagree on. Things, what do we do while we're together? I love that Jesus made it so very simple here. Jesus didn't say you have to have, uh, have complex theological understandings to be saved. He keeps it really simple. Sometimes people come in my office and they have a Bible verse they want to show me or five Bible verses on some topic. I don't mind when people do this. I've seen the verses before, but what better thing could God's people do than sit down and talk about some Bible verses? If Bible verses matter, I mean, let's do accounts. Let's do a count. Jesus' last day of teaching, there are 212 verses. You can quadruple that, quintuple that, sextuple that, I'll lose the, the verbs, how that works. There are more than 1,000 verses, getting near 2,000, depending on how you count, that say what I've been talking about the last few weeks, is that in the Bible, the poor are never vilified, the poor are never blamed, The poor are always to be cared for, not stingily, but joyfully, freefully. And Jesus says that this this is about salvation. I have to confess to you, and you probably know this, I'm not somebody who stands up every Sunday and talks about how to get saved, how to go into heaven. I didn't go to church a lot when I was growing up, but when I did, the pastor, my grandparents' little church out in Oakborough was great. This guy, every Sunday, would preach a hellfire damnation sermon that sure scared the daylights out of me, and at the end of the service, he would have an altar call. He said, come forward to be saved, and no one came. And I turned around, and I thought, the 27 people from Oakborough are already saved. There must be some other stuff to talk about. There's a lot of other stuff to talk about, how we heal our past, how we have strength for the day, how we have hope for tomorrow, how we live. Who's saved? All dogs go to heaven, all sheep and goats go to heaven. The Bible tells us that there is a judgment, and the way the judgment works, it's not that you get there and God's got a ledger and you have a few more good deeds than bad deeds in, or you have enough good deeds. You're in. It, 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 there's an accounting, but I the, love the way the theologian uh, Gerhard Lofink puts it. He says that when you get to heaven, your whole life will appear before you with total clarity. Things you'd forgotten about, things you didn't realize, things like you made a mess of something but you sure didn't mean to and you didn't know anything about it at the time. Somebody that you hurt, you had no idea that you hurt them at the time. Someone that you hurt but then they did something else and that affected something else. All that will be before you and you'll think, holy smoke. And he says, only then will you understand the depth of God's mercy. Only then will you understand the depth. Of God's mercy. I would say, in light of this passage, in that moment, we will realize that we're not really the haves. People like us like to think we're the haves and others are the have nots. But what we'll realize in that moment is that we too are the ones who were hungry. We too are the ones who were imprisoned. We too are the ones who are thirsty we have made ourselves strangers from god and from one another and jesus came what to feed the hungry to feed us to release us from our captivity to welcome us when we have become a stranger uh, it's all about this if we love uh, jesus and stick close to him it, it it's a it's a false dichotomy to say are we saved by faith or are we saved by the good that we do if you stick close to jesus i told you a few weeks back when i take groups to other countries. I'm always worried I'm going to lose somebody. And Robert Lutz went with me, if you remember Robert, on a number of trips. And I would turn around, I would look for everyone, and I couldn't find Robert. I didn't need to look for Robert. Robert was, he was right there, attached to my back, always. He didn't want to miss a thing. If we do that, if we stick that close to Jesus, everything else will take care of itself. We will certainly not vilify the poor. We will care for them. We will do so freely and joyfully because that's what Jesus was about. If we stick close to him, it's not a pile of good deeds or just enough good deeds. It's proximity to Jesus. Our problem, I think, is we get busy. We get distracted. uh, We have sins I read this this week. It's not sins of commission so much that are our trouble. It's sins of omission what we omit to do. I think we also have sins of pity. We see someone, they have trouble, we pity them. It's a sin. We see someone, we have sins of blame, we blame them. I, I, think, that, I think we also have, I, I, it's a new phrase, the sin of the measly effort. The sin of the measly effort. Yeah, there are people in need in the world and I'll give a dollar to this guy that I see at the stoplight, I'll. Somewhat, I get a can, and give it to the food drive. I'll contribute two dollars to a Facebook drive. Sins of the measly effort. Uh, truth is, uh, we sheep can be uh, surprisingly useful, and we want to be useful to God, don't we? <laughs> A friend from a birthday gave me a book, it was a biography of Edith Wilson. Uh, She was married to Woodrow Wilson, you know, he had a wife that died while he was in the White House, and then he remarried Edith, and then she protected him when he had a stroke. The public didn't really know how bad his uh, health was. She was an amazing woman. Uh, When World War II started in the United States' first Senate, she tried to lead the way, and um, everyone being involved, some act to do to help out with the war effort. So she decided it'd be a good idea to bring some sheep to the White House so they wouldn't have to pay for somebody to mow the lawn. They should have the sheep, and they would just nibble the grass. This seemed like a good idea, except dogs all over Washington were barking. The sheep were multiplying very rapidly. There was one um, alpha male sheep named Old uh, old Ike. He would headbutt the uh, White House staff. They didn't like the sheep very much, they did the things that sheep do on the lawn. While they were nibbling the grass, they ate into the bushes and the flowers, didn't turn out entirely well. But then, after time, the sheep became very, very woolly indeed, and they needed to be sheared. Somebody came from the Department of Agriculture, sheared the wool, and uh, she distributed among the 48 states. They sold the wool and raised $50,000 for the Red Cross. It's good. Even though sheep were useful, there's something about you that is useful. There's something about you that can be useful to God. There's something in you that can be useful to those people that Jesus describes, who are broken, hungry, poor, naked, imprisoned. It doesn't have to be all that heroic, but you have to do something. And I think our project here is to help guide you through various levels. You might start at the beginning, you buy a gift cards for the Merry Market. Well, that's a good start, but then maybe you get more involved. You you say, I'm going to serve a meal over at Trinity's Table. We have people that do that on Thursdays. Because when you go there, you don't just give the food, but you also get to know people. And if you go over there, I guarantee you, you'll meet Robert and Robert. They are always standing next to one another. I don't know why that is, Robert and Robert. It's easy to remember their names, right? But then before you know it, instead of going to Jackson Hole, you find yourself on a mission trip somewhere and it starts changing your life. Today we think about meals and how it changes things. We have a church member <laughs> told me a great story. Um, she was working with a young guy through tutoring at school and um, met, met his mom one day, and his mom was bragging about how great a cook she was. And so she said, gosh, I'd love to— she was describing some dish. She said, I'd love to, um, I'd love to eat that sometime. She said, uh, could I come to your house? And the woman said, my house is not a great house. I'd love to cook for you. So this woman in our church said, why don't you come to my house and cook this meal? So she did. She comes to the house, cooks the meal. The boy comes, plays with her son. They have a great meal together. I love that. It reminded me of something I heard this week thinking of the death of Rosalind Carter. A friend of mine and his wife went to Jimmy Carter's church in Plains, Georgia. When the service was over, they struck up a conversation with Jimmy and Rosalind. That'd be cool to do after church here, right? That kind of thing. And uh, so Jimmy finally said, "Would you like? Do you have lunch plans? Would you like to come to lunch?" Like, "No, I don't have time to come to lunch at Jimmy and Rosalind." Car- no, yes. And then he said, "Do you know how to cook?" and they said yeah jimmy reaches in his wallet and pulls out a recipe it's rosalind's recipe for lasagna can you make this yes so he went to the carter's house and made lasagna like i just love that right it's, the kingdom of god god becomes to be king when, when people eat together unexpected guests are eating together Our building campaign is called Hope Is Here, and we talk a lot about the future of the church when I'm gone, when you're gone, when none of us are here, but God's kingdom work is still being done in that building. Our children, people as yet unknown. Our dream isn't that they'll look and say, wow, that's really an impressive building those guys built. Our dream is that because of that building and everything we do, People will, in the future, look at this church and say, that's where the hungry are fed. That's where the prisoners are set free. That's where the thirsty find drink. That's where the naked are clothed. That's where strangers are welcomed. It's really up to us, what we do now, how we act now, how we live now, not just for ourselves. For god's broken world carbar great theologian wrote this christians are people with a definite passion in no circumstances can they be cowards bored boring or commonplace i love that let's don't bore the world let's inspire the world have the world look at us and say look at those guys they're busy they're eating with the unexpected people, they're making a difference. How else would the world know that Christ is king? How else would they know what kind of king Christ is? Thanks be to God.
3: Let us prepare our hearts for prayer. O Lord God, may our hearts be crowded with gratitude today as we celebrate with thanksgiving in your house. May we come to your feasting table with great joy and eagerness, for we are truly grateful to you for all that which we have been given. Let us pause now in silence and give thanks to you for the great generosity of your many gifts. Lord, in your mercy, O God, when we have food, help us to remember the hungry. When we have work, help us to remember the jobless. When we have a home, help us to remember those who have no home at all. When we are without pain, help us to remember those who suffer. And remembering, may we be moved with compassion to help those who cry out for what we take for granted. Lord, in your mercy. God of love, help us to see you where people live on the streets today suffering from hunger or begging for a meal, where people live lonely lives or feel like strangers in a strange land, where people face rejection or the color of their skin, or the language they speak, where people lack enough clothing, shelter, or life's basic resources, where people live without dignity, exposed to every kind of pain and hardship. May your kingdom come and your will be done. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we ask that you would be with all who grieve this day. We especially remember the family of Tom Murdoch. Comfort them in their time of grief and loss. May your presence be real to them. We remember, Lord, that you came to us as one who was broken. Lord, in your mercy, O oh God, where people feel pain in body, mind, or spirit, may your presence and compassion be both real and known. For it is in the sure and certain name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. One of the ministries you support here at our church is our Stephen ministry and you'll notice today that our Stephen ministers are serving in many capacities as lay readers, as communion stewards. It is with your generosity that this ministry exists in our church so on behalf of the Stephen ministry community here at Myers Park, thank you for your tithes and offerings today. our gifts so they touch the lives of those in need. May they feed the hungry and clothe the naked and become the roots of justice in the world for the sake of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.
0: Friends, I don't know where you were on Thursday. Uh, I was gathered uh, with our family, and it fell to me for the first time uh, to say the Thanksgiving prayer as my father-in-law passed recently, it always was his. Uh, I prayed um, a shorter period of time than he ever did. So I was thinking of what to pray for, and of course I was grateful for Those of us who were gathered together I also asked us through our prayer to remember those who don't have anybody to eat with and don't have any food and are alone. Or those who in such a situation actually are with other people but feel very, very alone. And then I also in the prayer included the idea uh, that's true. Is my father-in-law gone, Uh, Rosalind Carter, whoever is gone, they're still with us mystically when we gather at this table. However cool Thanksgiving is, we come now for the ultimate Thanksgiving feast. We give thanks to God. All are welcome at our Lord's table, all belong at our Lord's table. Hope you will come this day with uh, joy and anticipation and uh, with a resolve to be God's people in the world. Uh, We'll begin with uh, our prayers of consecration. Uh, uh, They're at the front of the hymnal, if you don't know the words. Around page 15, 17, the choir will guide us in singing our musical responses. Uh, And after the leaders receive, the ushers will guide you in coming forward. Uh, There'll be two lines, somebody will hand you a piece of bread, dip it gently under the cup, return to your seat, You can receive kneeling if you would like to. We also have uh, gluten-free, COVID-friendly little packets if you would like uh, one of those as well. So, uh, friends, let us join together now in the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father, almighty creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. your son jesus christ on the night in which he gave himself up for us the lord jesus took bread and after giving you thanks he broke the bread he gave it to his disciples and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me and when the supper was over he took the cup again he gave thanks to you gave it to his disciples and said drink from this all of you for this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me and so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith <laughs> and now with the confidence of the children of god let us pray as our lord taught us to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom FRIENDS, WOULD YOU JOIN WITH ME NOW IN THE PRAYER AFTER COMMUNION, WHICH YOU WILL FIND PRINTED IN YOUR bulletin, LET US PRAY TOGETHER. ETERNAL GOD, WE GIVE YOU THANKS FOR THIS HOLY MYSTERY IN WHICH YOU HAVE GIVEN YOURSELF TO US. GRANT THAT WE MAY GO INTO THE WORLD IN THE STRENGTH OF YOUR SPIRIT TO GIVE OURSELVES FOR OTHERS. IN THE NAME OF JESUS CHRIST, OUR LORD, AMEN. May the grace of our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us both now and forevermore. Mm-hmm.